Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Below the Line podcast presented by Wicked Mix Holiday and Winter Editions. If you're scrambling around trying to find a, a late Christmas present, which trust me, some people are, including the host of the show that you are watching, or you just want a last minute stocking stuffer, head on over to MoonlightMixes.com. Get your hands on the winter and holiday special editions of Wicked Mix. They won't be here much longer, so make sure you get yours while you can. Our guest today on the show is Mike Birch, the COO of Speedway Motorsports Incorporated. Sarah, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. My first question for you, sir, is simply this. What is Speedway Motorsports for those that might not know? Well, we are one of the, the leading promoters and owners of motorsports facilities across the country. So uh, if you're familiar with the NASCAR schedules, I assume most of this uh, listener base is, most of this audience is. Uh, we own Charlotte Motor Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway, New Hampshire, Bristol, uh, Nashville Super Speedway, Texas, uh, Las Vegas, Sonoma, Dover. Uh, I think I think I touched them all, but uh, I think we have and then North Wilkesboro. We can't for, can't forget that one. So we host 15 of uh, the 38 NASCAR races, uh, including an event at Circuit of the Americas, which we don't own, but uh, we do lease that facility in order to host that race. And then we also operate the Performance Racing Network, where we broadcast uh, the Cup races from our facility as well as the Xfinity races. Uh, we also own a, a company that produces a lot of the merchandise that you see there on. Uh, in the midway, in the fan zone, when you come to the track, uh, the T-shirts and hats. So we we print, we embroider, and then we also own U.S. Legends cars, uh, which manufactures uh, a lot of the cars that many of the stars in the Cup Series grew up uh, racing and got their start. Kind of the the Little League baseball, the Pop Warner football uh, of motorsports. So Kurt and Kyle Busch raced them, and Chase and Dale Jr. And we even have a picture in the Speedway Club in Charlotte uh, of Jim France uh, driving a Legends car. So. Uh, you know, it was uh, invented in order to give uh, a, a, a young fan the chance to kind of go out and, and get their start, uh, just like they would in any other sport. And uh, so uh, we're actually the largest manufacturer of race cars in the world through U.S. Legends. So when they race all over all over the world, it's actually called U.S. Legends Cars International because uh, they do race internationally. And then we also operate Speedway Children's Charities. Uh, which uh, you know, makes an impact on children in need in all the markets where we operate facilities. And it was founded by our, uh, our founder, Bruton Smith, uh, to honor uh, his infant son uh, who passed away. Well, it sounds like Speedway Motorsports has a huge reach. And the other day I had the opportunity to talk to, uh, to Ed Clark, who is the former president of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And he said when he started out, Atlanta was the only track that SMI owned at the time. And or, or no, they didn't own Atlanta yet. I think Charlotte. Outside, was of, Char track, outside so, of Charlotte, yeah, outside uh, of Charlotte, our, our chairman yeah. uh, built uh, built Charlotte Motor Speedway, so that's that's always the home. But Atlanta was definitely an early acquisition, and I yeah. actually talked to Ed yesterday, and uh, he said he did a great job, and he really enjoyed being on the show. Well, I'm glad he he told me he told me a lot of good stuff about you. He gave you a, a good report, said that, that that I would love talking to you. Um, so hopefully that comes true. My next question for you is more you centered. How did your career start? Were you always a race fan? You know, was it just something you happened upon? And how did you get your start at SMI? Uh, actually, I grew up in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, where uh, Roger Penske has uh, his trucking empire was based there and uh, did have a lot of his his uh, 
uh, open wheel racing there. And so uh, growing up, I said I was probably more a, of, of an IndyCar fan watching uh, on Memorial Day, watching the Indy 500 and uh, was aware of NASCAR. But it was actually really the NASCAR video games uh, that, that I got me involved and uh, big, big gamer growing up. And uh, that's really what taught me. Uh, you know, who drove what cars and the sponsors and the manufacturers and the drivers, but then also gave me a little bit of understanding of how the cars actually work because there was so many interesting feedback that dynamics. So you could see that front right tire going from black to uh, green to yellow to red as, as it wore out and you had to decide where you're going to pit. Um, you know, you could kind of feel the car start to start to move around and lose its optimal line. So that's where I really got interested uh, in the sport. Then I went to school uh, in, uh, in Chapel Hill and obviously in the heart here of, of NASCAR country and uh, definitely got more exposure there. Uh, uh, basketball was a kind of the sport I, I came up in. I was a, a student manager at North Carolina. Then I got my master's at Georgia Southern University. And again, uh, was saw more racing, but working in the athletic department there. And then I was with three different NBA franchises uh, and uh, started out down in Orlando with the Magic and then uh, went to the Rockets and finally the Hornets. And when the original Hornets left Charlotte, that's where I got connected into uh, the racing business. And I've always been a fan of big events, always have enjoyed spectacles. And uh, arguably NASCAR is one of the biggest spectacles uh, in the world. So I uh, love the business model and uh, Got to know uh, Marcus Smith, uh, who then was running the corporate sales uh, department. Uh, obviously, his fa father, Bruton Smith, the founder of the company. So uh, just over uh, last month was my 20th anniversary with the company. So 20 years and I, 20 years ago, Marcus and I kind of started working together. And I, I went from there to as Marcus kind of ascended, um, I kind of followed behind him and ran our, our corporate sales department and then moved in the role of chief strategy officer and uh Last uh, last January, I took over as a uh, chief operating officer. So basically, uh, help uh, Marcus and and his family uh, run the business well, and take a lot of his uh, vision and ideas and uh, execute them. Work with all of our general managers and uh, the different leaders we have here within the organization uh, to make sure we can, we can deliver a great uh, experience, a remarkable experience uh, for the fans and everybody who comes out to our events. Well, I like that you mentioned NASCAR gaming and that, and it's kind of sad that I don't know how much you keep up with NASCAR gaming right now in the modern era, but unfortunately right now we haven't had a new game in a few years and we're kind of in a dead spot. Hopefully iRacing can fix that, but I like that you mentioned that. So many fans of my generation mentioned that too, and not all of them go on to be the chief operating officer of Speedway Motorsports, but who knows, the next COO of your company could be you know, playing NASCAR Thunder 2002 or or whatever right now but i love yeah. that you mentioned that and yeah no it's been it's uh, been it, a it real passion a passion of mine and and i think really the uh so important in bringing young fans to the sport and uh whether you look look at william byron who literally went from racing on i racing to driving the the 24 car for hendrick motorsports um it's one of the rare th rare video game experiences that the inputs are exactly the same as what you actually do in the real world so you can get as good as you want at pressing that x button or moving that controller in madden or nba 2k or fifa i guess now uh espn fc or, or eafc uh is, is the new name but that really isn't going to help you on the soccer pitch or on the basketball court or on the football field but as we saw during the pandemic, you know, a driver is, you know, actually the steering wheel, the gas, the brake, those are the same inputs that he's using when he's driving an actual race car. 
And uh, so really, it really you know, connected with me. And then one of the early opportunities I had was to get involved with iRacing and licensing our speedways and putting them into, uh, they hate when we call it a game. So when we put it into the, the simulation, um, but also wanted to make sure that we had our US Legends cars. And if you sign up for the iRacing service, uh, you have a choice to go down the kind of the open wheel path or you know the the stock car path. And if you choose a stock car path, you actually start driving a U.S. Legends car as kind of your first uh, where you get experience and and work your way up. So, so making sure that those experiences are in the game uh, were really important. And uh, really excited that uh, the team at, at iRacing has gotten that that license and uh, they've done a great job uh, putting out some some console dirt games. And uh, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to them uh, bringing their expertise to the consoles and making sure that we do have some good console games. And most importantly, that they're also networkable, so you can you know get online and and play with your friends because that that's a big part of gaming these days. Yeah, iRacing's always done a great job, and and I can't wait to see what they come out with here. What is the best thing for you about going into work every day? Is it just the racing? Is it the people? Is there is there just one part of your day that you really love? What's the best part? Of working for speedway motorsports the challenging thing you learn in sports is that if you really love the sport you're not going to see much of it because you're there to make sure that everybody else is, is having a great time so uh it's uh i i'd relish the opportunities when i can sit back and a lot of times it's when i'm bringing a, a new fan uh, somebody who hasn't been i'm hosting somebody at the track and i can sit and watch the race and see the sport through a newcomer's eyes that's always really exciting but at the end of the day, it's really all about the people and the team that we have here. And we're going through our end of the, the year reviews right now, and I'm getting to, to meet one on one with our general managers. Uh, we have different, you know, functional leads who lead marketing or ticketing, corporate sales, sitting down with them, and it's all about the team and the teammates that we have here and the culture uh, that we've built. And credit to to Marcus and and his brothers for you know giving us the, the resources uh, and having the faith and commitment and trust in the team to really build a culture that people really enjoy coming and working together and that's that's by far the most satisfying part it's really it's really fun when you can come and spend a significant part of your work day or your day i mean eight hours a third of your day is probably going to be spent uh, around uh your the people that that you work with well i think it's huh. great that you mentioned those people and because you know without people you guys couldn't do what you do yeah. there you okay. go Sorry about that. Um, without people you couldn't you know, you couldn't own, you know, 12, 13. Well, it's just a, it's just a building. It's, 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 it's a big old asphalt circle or <laughs> asphalt road course. And uh, it's a it's a grandstand. And it's really not the experience that people people make it work. Their creativity, their energy, their hospitality, their friendliness, uh, all those things, I think, really is what that's what you remember when you go to go to the races, the people that you go with and the people that you meet when you're there. That's that's the great part about the sport. Yeah, I think NASCAR is, is definitely tops, at least in my mind. And I haven't had a ton of experience doing other things in other sports like what I'm doing right now. But from what I can tell, a lot of the people in this industry are just so welcoming. And, you know, whether you're a newcomer in journalism, as a driver, a, in a role like yours, in a corporate role, the people are just some of the best in sports. My last question for you, sir, is this, and it, it's probably a difficult one to choose from because, like you said, you've been with the company for over two decades now. But is there one race is there one memory in your mind that really sticks out more than any others and you point to that at the end of your career and you can say this is the one i'll always remember well there, there's a thing called recency bias where we tend to put an inordinate amount of weight on the things that happened to us most recently but i have to say 
Uh, the experience at North Wilkesboro Speedway has been you know, something that I think everybody involved will, will always remember. And there's a couple moments in that uh, journey um, that even led up to the actual All-Star Weekend. But that, that summer before, um, when we had uh, you know, Dale Jr. and the, the tour there on a night in August, and we had 20,000 people show up and wait in long lines um but everybody the smile on everybody's face and the energy excitement and just like they couldn't believe they were back at north wilkesboro watching rating um and then the crazy idea to uh to host the star race there and to then see just Pickenshire and the rest of the team really go out and execute that at a really high level and just such a great weekend and to see the impact it's had on that community. I mean, the, the event itself was great, but really the energy uh, to see the, the enthusiasm uh, and the pep in the step of the, the residents of Wilkes County uh, was really cool. And then the other one that will stand out would be the all-star race at Bristol during the pandemic. That was the first live in-person sporting event to be held coming out of the pandemic. And it's amazing. You know, you can fit 25,000 people in a venue that seats 165,000 and still safely space everybody. And driver suits and cars are actually really good protection uh, against a, a virus. And all the work that the entire industry put together to say, yes, we can come back, we can put on a, a live event and uh, and to see the fans come. And we had zero cases of COVID that were traced back to that event. So to, to do it, to provide entertainment that everybody was just so hungry for, to do it safely, uh, to put on the entertainment and just to have the energy that we had missed for so long of the fans being back in the stands. Yes, we did, did racing at Charlotte and Darlington without fans, but that's when you really realize how important fans are to the experience it just wasn't the same wasn't the, obviously not the same being there it wasn't the same watching on tv when it was just the competition so fans really make the sport great so those are the two uh that stand out when you ask that question for me when you talk about recency bias in north wilkesboro i had the chance to talk from uh, or with rather stephen wilson from save the speedway a few weeks ago and he said I think that's something you can call recent, but you also can't call it too recent because when you ask most people, it was like stepping back in time, back to 1996 or 86 or 1966. It was just like stepping back in time with how well y'all put North Wilkesboro back together in that track. And, and story is actually the subject of our upcoming Christmas movie, which I encourage all you guys to watch uh, on December 25th. Um, that was my last question for you, sir. Thank you so much for joining the show and thank you so much for what you do. Um, and like you said earlier, getting new fans in the racing that a lot of these SMI tracks are providing, especially the intermediates, how well they've raced with the next gen car is just, it's great to see the, the intermediate tracks being revitalized. Short tracks and road courses are always entertaining as well. And thank you and, and the whole team for all the work that you do and keeping this great sport alive week in and week out. Well, I appreciate it. We're nothing without fans. I just encourage everybody, get to a race in 2024. Make that a New Year's resolution. It doesn't have to be a Speedway Motorsports facility. Make sure you're supporting your, your local track. If you can get to a cup race, fantastic. If you get to one of our facilities, fantastic. But racing only survives if fans continue to, to support it. And there's an awful lot of racetracks out there uh, that are really being challenged. Real estate prices are going through the roof. And if you're a promoter, uh, you know, that's the biggest threat is somebody comes and offers you a really, really large sum of money to buy that land and the racing 
goes away, but that doesn't happen if we all go to the track and we all support our tracks and we support the sport we love. Absolutely. And I did my best to, to try to help in that, at least in some small way. We talked to a ton of short track owners and promoters and GMs this past summer, talked to my local short track owner and actually got to go to my local short track for the first time. And it, it's a great experience. And like you said, racing doesn't exist with all the great fans, um, including yourself. I think we can probably still count you as a race fan. I still you know, consider myself a race fan even more so than a, a writer or a podcaster, whatever the heck it is I'm doing here. So, uh, but thank you for joining the show and, and continuing to support our sport. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a fan. Love, love watch it every week. I love the drama, love the excitement. And then once you get to know the people involved, it becomes extra special. So appreciate your time. Appreciate you having me on and continued uh, success.